something together that was that was able to speak to our community and allow our community to to respond to Christ via the lens of their culture, and that was really important and really significant. And so, yeah, it's made me realise that young people can absolutely change the world. And I, I just like I, I, it's not that I believe it; I've seen it. Hello and welcome to the Together podcast, a conversation about faith, justice and how to change the world. I'm Dan and today I'm joined by Kat and Chris. How are you guys doing? Yeah, doing well, thanks. Fabulous, Dan. So we're halfway through November. Have you guys finished your Christmas shopping yet? <laughs> finished. I actually haven't started <laughs> Exactly, yet. that's where I'm at. <laughs> I'm very disappointed in myself right now because usually I'm finished by now. Are you actually? Are you really? Yeah, it's I'm not pretty even, good. It's not even like past halfway yet. Yeah, but I've already watched my Christmas movie. I've already bought my new Christmas jumper from the charity shop. I got all my Christmas cards. <laughs> I'm on it, guys. I love Christmas. No, see, I, I am <laughs> as much as I'm like against like rampant consumerism, consumerism, <laughs> consumerism. Uh, I wait for Black Friday because it's cheaper Ooh. to get presents. It's not like I'm it's buying true. stuff I wouldn't have got. Do you know mm. what I mean? I'm still buying stuff mm. I was planning to get. Wait, when is Black Friday? Twenty ninth. Can I book that day off, Dan? I'm going to get some flat screen TVs. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So on this episode, we'll be chatting to gospel singer, youth mobiliser and head of the Afro-Caribbean engagement team at Tear Fund, Seth Pinnock. So Chris chatted to him about the power of a young generation to change the world and also the importance of race within that context. But before we hear the interview, it's time for What in the World? This is What in the World, where we discuss some of the big talking points from recent news stories. Kat, what are we talking about today? Well, for those who somehow missed it, the UK is holding its third election since 2015. The vote will take place on the 12th of December and is looking to be one of the most important elections in recent years. So, what should we do before the day? Well, elections are pretty much daily now anyway, aren't they? So... <laughs> Come and go, isn't it? <laughs> We're talking about everyday life, right? Yeah. There's probably, probably one like... on the 13th of December and For the 14th sure. as well. It's probably been a couple since we've been talking. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's strange, isn't it? Because we're living in a time where we're, there's, the campaign trail is constantly going. Yeah. It's, it's I say bizarre. I mean, I'm, I'm still pretty young, so I haven't known too much different. Um, but to be in a situation where you're always thinking, oh, what are the, what are the parties saying? Yeah. Um, leading up to a big vote, and we've always had the kind of people's vote looming as well. So, yeah, 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 interesting times. Definitely. I think, um, yeah, it's just one of those things where, I don't know, it can be easy to kind of get, like, a bit despondent and be like, oh, another one, like you said, it's the third one in, like, three years, in three years, four years? Four years. Um, I can do maths. Um, But, yeah, it can be easy to get a bit despondent and a bit like, oh, here we are, here we go again. But I think... um, yeah, it's important to stay engaged. It's important to, you know, like Dan was saying, kind of alluding to, like, reading, finding out what's mm-hmm. actually being said, what who's saying they're going to do what. And, you know, it's important, like, questions and stuff like the climate, you know, I think this year has shown more than any year before that uh, people care about what's happening with the mm-hmm. climate, and in particular young people. Um, so I think, you know, it's important to actually get a hold of your MPs, get a hold of the people who are trying to run for leadership and say, you know, what is your stance on this? What are you going to do mm. to make sure that 2020 sees a, a reduction in the damage we're doing to our climate? 
Yeah, 100%. And more of a um, logistical um, thing to do before you vote is actually to register to vote. Um, the deadline is Monday the 25th of November. And if you're at uni, make sure you change your address or um, choose to postal vote from your home address. Will you have all your Christmas shopping done by? The <laughs> Actually, I booked the day off for the 25th to do my Christmas shopping. <laughs> and to register to vote. And to register to vote. Yeah. I got some uh, good advice at one of the previous elections, one of the many previous elections, um, about just writing down the issues that are important to you. And I think mm. that's even more crucial now mm. when we're looking at what people are calling a one-issue election mm. um, to, to see past Brexit, put Brexit mm. aside a little mm. bit as difficult as that is um, and as important as it is to consider Brexit. Um, but we're we're electing someone potentially for the next four plus years, mm. maybe the next well. six months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but potentially, you know, a, a, a leader and a party that could be in control of our country for four years. Yeah. Um, and so writing down or even making a mental note of the three or four areas that are most important mm. to you, education, healthcare, um, you know, welfare, these types of things, and then reading up specifically on those policies. Because I feel like a lot of those policies are going to be secondary mm. and not buried, but like beneath the big headlines of mm. this is our approach on on Brexit. Yeah. Um, and so just knowing, okay, when I'm listening to debates, when I'm reading different uh, material that the, the different parties are putting out, these are the buzzwords I'm looking for. Mm. I'm looking for education. I'm looking for climate. Um, and just, or I'm looking for youth. Uh, yeah. you know, what, what does this mean for young people? What does this mean for students? Um, just having those in mind as we're kind of consuming some of this campaign sure. stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think um, having it in mind and having it in heart and bringing it to God in prayer as well, you know, making sure that, you know, the, the Bible tells us, like, you know, in First Timothy 2, t- tells us to pray for our rulers, pray for the government. Um, and sometimes that can feel like a bit at odds because you're like, well, I don't feel like they're doing what you want them to do <laughs> or you like what you would do, God. But um, I think within that, you know, the Bible is like littered of stories of like mm. leaders who were great leaders who were not so great and everything in between. And so I think throughout that, God always says, make sure you're praying for them. And I think it's about, you know, it's about having having a reminder of your, for yourself that these are real people. We're not just talking about, you know, it's easy to get stuck into headlines mm-hmm. and uh, this person is a this or this person is a that, but actually there are people themselves. And so, you know, asking God, inviting God to be a part of this process and actually say, you know, we pray that it's like uh, a fair process that, you know, doesn't just kind of devolve into mudslinging or anything like that. And also, yeah, praying for the health and the well-being and the peace of the people involved in that and the country as a whole. You know, this is... I think it's easy, like I said earlier. I think it's easy to kind of be despondent, and one part of that is sometimes being like, "Oh, God's in control anyway." Uh, but I think you know, God is in control. I one hundred percent believe that. But He also clearly asks us, you know, mm-hmm. to invite Him into everything that we're doing mm-hmm. in our life. So let's make sure we continue to do that. And what do you guys um, think are, are good ways to mobilize other people to vote? Because previous elections and previous votes the conclusions from them have been the the youth and the kind of young adult and and that generation necessarily haven't voted as much as they should and then maybe disagree with the result of the election how do you get that balance between encouraging other people to vote without being that guy or girl that's constantly saying vote think about politics yeah yeah Mm, i think it's more like just starting a conversation and educating people on different views that um these parties have i think 
if you've obviously done your research, I think the fair thing that you can do is share that research um, without being... I don't think it's fair for you to, like, persuade someone to to vote for the part that you're voting for, but I think just having an open mind and sharing the knowledge that you've found out and um, encouraging your friends to do their own research and find um, someone who they want to vote for. And I think there's loads of... um, accounts on social media that help you understand politics um I think for a lot of young people the problem is that they don't really understand what they're talking about in debates um they don't really know how parliament works or how politics works so I think going like maybe pointing your friends to those channels Mm. like what is it easy politics or something simple politics politics. (laughs) (laughs) um it's a I think it's a great channel to kind of look through and Mm. um you know, see just a simple, like kind of simple English, isn't it? Because um, for some young people, it can be like overwhelming hearing debates and stuff. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's like it is one of the bonuses. You know, we talk about social media quite a lot because one of the bonuses is that you know this stuff is getting filtered through and translated into ways that you know people are asked can understand, which is so good because mm. it can be like. If you just say, if you if you pass me a manifesto, I'm like mm. oh, that's a thick that's a thick <laughs> wall to pay for there. Um, so yeah, I think and I think it's showing. You know, I think actually last election, I think was like one of the biggest young people's turnout, like on the 25th, which is really cool. Mm. And I hope it just like grows this year as well. Um, and yeah, I would just say get out of your echo chambers. You know, that's the other side of social media is that you know you have your however many followers and you're all tweeting the same thing. You're all like posting the same thing. Like, oh yeah, this is exactly how everyone in the world thinks. But it's not it's not reality. So you know, make sure that not only are you you know talking to people who you don't who don't necessarily agree with you, um, but don't just do it to like try win them over. Also, do it to hear them and to actually you know consider another side of a of a argument or another side of looking at things. Um and I think in doing that, you know, you'll have a better <clears throat> a better scope of how everyone's thinking and come election day you won't be that surprised, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the other thing to mention is obviously tune into the debates your uh, local constituents will be holding hustings where they'll chat through um different issues focused on your your local area. We're looking at organising a hustings. That's an exclusive. <laughs> so exclusive that I can't, to do even, it now. <laughs> I can't even give you any details and it might not even happen. But just wanted to to give a heads up on something that might be happening mm. in the next couple of weeks. So uh, follow us on Instagram at We Are Tear Fund. And as the plans for that come together, then make sure you, you tune in. We'll, we're looking at doing a, a YouTube and Facebook live. So, yeah, make sure you, you tune in for that and... Uh, and if that doesn't happen, there's still local hustings and national TV debates that are worth checking out. So now it's time to hear our interview where Chris chatted to Seth Pinnock about the power of a generation to change the world. First of all, happy to be here. Uh, my name is Seth Pinnock. I am a singer-songwriter um, worship leader, and I uh, am the head of African and Caribbean engagement here at Tear Fund, uh, which is a newly formed team. Um, I also like dabble in quite a few regional and local charity, social action stuff, and ministry stuff. And I love Jesus and uh, and food. 
Good, those two things. Yeah, very Jesus important. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Jesus loves food a lot as well. He does. In scripture, it's, it's, it's littered with that, you know? He's you know? always like, water always to wine, you know? Always eating. Five loaves, two eat. fish, yeah, exactly. all that good stuff. Exactly. So there's a lot in there. Yeah. Where do we start? Um, <laughs> so I guess, I mean, I know, I know about you, I know that you have released that album not too long ago this whoop, year. Whoop. When did it come out? Yeah, so that album came out uh, in June. Yeah. It was a long journey to get there. We recorded it in 2017. That's a few um, years back now. Yeah, yeah, it was a few years back. Because when you're spinning a lot of plates, uh, you can't do everything at once. And I've learned the hard way that you can't do everything at once. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, with a, with a cool team and people scattered literally across the globe, we were able to finish that album and release it in, in June. And it did really, really well, uh, yeah. charted and all that good stuff. But most of all, um, people were really impacted by the content mm-hmm. and uh, it's sort of lyrics and stuff and also just the um, the like dexterity um, and mm-hmm. the texture of the music. Because sometimes, yeah. especially with worship music, uh, or gospel music, you can just think one way mm-hmm. that it should sound, or you just you're used to a certain default melody. But mm-hmm. we kind of through every, I was saying to friends, everything that I am is in that, and yeah. all the places that I've been, and all the uh, spaces that I've been uh, privileged to occupy, or shoulders I've been able to rub with mm. across the couple of years that I've been on this earth. That's all like informed the sound. Yeah, so it yeah. sounds like the UK. It sounds like Jamaica. Mm. It sounds like Africa. It sounds like America, mm. and it's all there, and it's beautiful, and I'm really proud of it. Yeah, you should be. I was like, no, I was impressed. I knew you were good. You were, you were pleasantly impressed. I, I must was, say, yeah, I, yes. I was, it's not a thing of it like was I was shade. Like, this guy, you was... were like, oh, Seth, this is a nice album. Like you were expecting something, <laughs> you know. I was expecting something good. I was expecting something good. But when I heard it, I was like, oh, like even like the musicality of it, the songwriting, even down to like the the mix of it as well. Thank like you. live albums aren't easy to do. I'm no. sure that was part of why it took so yeah, long. Yeah, bro. <laughs> The process, the, the podcast won't even allow me to give you the process, <laughs> of what, process of what it takes to get it from live to to yeah. uh, digital. But um, yeah, we we again we pulled on all the relationships we had across mm. the globe. Got it mixed in Nashville. Got it mastered in South Africa. Mm. Um, got it like pre-mastered in London. It was yeah, recorded yeah. in Birmingham. And these are just friends and family and people that like recommended us to people. And we just pulled on everything. We used everything we could the little that we could to do all that we could yeah so then i mean your story from what i've from speaking to you outside of the podcast and even just that little two minute snapshot yeah you you have all these different connections like whether it be around the world whether it be here in the uk Mm -hmm. whatever why is that how how do you how do you kind of finesse your way around (laughs) good word um i think relationships is uh the currency of life, man. You know, to mm-hmm. get anything done, you need people. Uh, there's that Nigerian. I say Nigerian because Nigerians claim everything. So, <laughs> I <laughs> mean, I'm that, not even Nigerian. So yeah, this is not my show. Nigerian <laughs> problem about if you want to go um, fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, when I was 17, I started a youth conference or a youth move. Well, I wouldn't call it a youth movement, but we started a youth conference, a youth gathering in Birmingham, my hometown. And uh, the 
width and breadth of the vision meant that I had to pull on people mm. and pull on people's people and people's people's people. Yeah, yeah. And through that, you build friendships, you build relationships, you get to know friends, um, you get to know people that can help push you further, faster. And, um, and, and, and then suddenly... Birmingham becomes London, London becomes mm-hmm. the UK, UK becomes Europe, and it, everyone gets you know closer and closer together. And yeah. uh, it takes intentionality, and you have to be deliberate about it. Um, mm. But yeah, relationships is definitely the, the currency of life. Yeah. So you made that sound quite simple. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what does what does that actually mean? Well, I know in, in t- you said like being intentional, mm. which is very, which I think is good. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you want to expand on that? Do you want to expand on a bit about you know how like it's networking, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it's networking. Um, it's um, being really generous with your vision. So my vision was to um, unite uh, churches to empower young people. Um, and to bring people into an atmosphere of worship, because mm-hmm. I really believe that worship, uh, as it did for me, transformed my life. And so I wanted people to experience what transformed me. Mm-hmm. And so those three pillars um, informed the vision and me sharing that with as many people as possible, really generously, mm-hmm. really loudly and really vulnerably um, allowed people to see themselves in that vision. Yeah. And then me just being like... <laughs> Get in where you fit in. I need your help yeah, for yeah, us yeah. to see this happen. And suddenly people, you know, um, whether it's, you know, handing out a flyer on my behalf or helping to manage a whole, you yeah. know, uh, 2,000, 3,000 uh, delegate event, mm-hmm. uh, people saw themselves as as part of the vision and, and saw themselves as helping, you know, this little 17-year-old kid. Yeah. And, uh, and you have to just continually speak to more and more people and share generously and widely um, your why and mm. people will see themselves. And you see that with all kind of movements or mm-hmm. campaigns or uh, mobilizers that, you know, like if you, if you look at Obama's uh, first um, um, presidential race, yeah. he didn't have as much money as the rest of, uh, you know, his comrades did. Mm-hmm. And he went to social media. It was like the first kind of social yeah. media driven presidential he campaign. He recruited the rappers. He recruited, <laughs> he recruited everybody that he could. Um, he used social media back when social media was good to use for a presidential campaign. Yeah. It's not anymore, guys. It's not anymore. <laughs> it was like a message to someone. <laughs> just social media and politics is just a mess now. <laughs> we'll touch on that later, maybe. But um, I want to go back to something you said. You said that um, worship changed your life. Yeah, man. What does that mean? Like, when, what, why, how? Yeah, what yeah. does that look like? So I went, I grew up in a, a very <laughs> complicated home mm-hmm. um, and I've had a lot of childhood trauma. And faced some really dark times uh, coming up as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, some really, really horrific things um, took place uh, or happened to me and threw me in a, a dark hole for years of insecurity, low self-esteem, hated what I saw in the mi- mirror, um, didn't really believe in myself, didn't really... Um, see uh, myself going past my teenage years. So mm-hmm. thoughts of suicide, thoughts of, you know, all sorts of unfortunate s- stuff. And my mom, uh, I grew up in church. My mom used to anchor us in, she's like an old school Jamaican mm. 
mother. She's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And prayer is her everything. And she used to make sure that we used to sit on her bedside, sit by her bedside, rather. I'm the eldest of four boys. So me and my brothers used to sit at the bedside before we could watch cartoons on a Saturday. And we had to pray mm. and sing hymns. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the kind of way that we were grown up. We grew up. And so fast forward to the really, really like term, turmoilic, if that's a word, times in my teenage years. I realized that I had to it was either it was either prayer or, or die, you know what I mean? It was either, mm. you know, depression or, or or try and figure out who this Jesus was mm. for myself and not like the Jesus of my parents or the Jesus of the church I went to, like Jesus yeah. who who is Jesus for Seth. And so I went back to what my mom taught me and I, in my bedroom um, I gave my life to Jesus. I had a really transformative experience, mm. a naturally supernatural experience. Mm. Um and that transformed my life forever. And I uh, woke up the next day and I really felt the presence of God in my room that night. A presence that I've never felt mm-hmm. ever since, to be honest. Um, it was really um, intense and really, really true mm. um, and authentic. And I felt like the next day I needed to find a way to bring that atmosphere to as many people mm. that were going through similar or adjacent things like I was and that was that became my why, you know what I mean? And um, mm-hmm. I don't even really remember what your question was, but I'm just <laughs> gonna keep t- stop talking. Now. No, it's good. No, it's good. <laughs> I think um, it's interesting because we had Camilla Bike not too long ago. I think on the last episode of the podcast, and uh, she runs a platform called Podium, which is like a podcast platform for young people. And she was saying about how the best stories are like the personal ones, mm. and out of that springs out like activism. And I guess in a way, like, I know yeah, it's kind yeah. of like you're looking to kind of spread the gospel, but in a sense, it's kind of like a sort of activism yeah, yeah, yeah. in that sense. Absolutely. Like your personality, um, my personality rather, is is like absolutely um, those fingerprints are all over the vision. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's my why, you know what I mean? Yeah. So what kind of, on that journey, so you've been transformed by, by worship yourself. You now want to share that with other people. Yes. You're getting in touch with people. All over the, all over Birmingham, yeah, all over, and that's extending to London and further, afield, yeah, yeah. etc. Absolutely, um, and I've re- so sorry to cut you, but it, it wasn't worship as in like, oh, let's just sing songs. Yeah. So yeah. I realised that, well, for me, that worship experience that I felt in my bedroom gave me a sense of purpose, mm. and so I wanted people to experience that atmosphere, not just to have a you know airy fairy yeah, yeah. lights in the sky time, but to really like. Uh, encounter God's presence and then leave with a sense of this is what God wants me to do on this yeah, earth. Yeah. And that was really important for me. Yeah. So what do, what is it like when you have that supercharged feeling of purpose inside you and then inevitably, surely there's like different roadblocks and stuff you have to get yeah, through? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, well, what it feels like is amazing. Like <laughs> it's, it's amazing and it's almost like a burden, mm-hmm. an itch that won't go away. It's a... I have to do this. You have a huge, like most young people that have a, a, a vision, a, a, a zeal that is bigger than them um, and bigger than their experience. And um, so that's what it's like. But then you are absolutely hit by real life. <laughs> you are <laughs> you're hit by the reality of life. And suddenly you realise that you have to find a way to manage the miracle. Mm-hmm. To like, There's a scripture in the Bible that says that, 
God will give you a blessing that you do not have room enough to receive. Yeah. And to not have capacity to receive that blessing. Some people see that as a good thing. Some people see that scripture as a warning, mm-hmm. as in like prepare yourself, build in infrastructure and build in uh, all the necessities for you to manage what God wants to give yeah. you to do. And so I had to learn that on the job. I was 17 years old. I had no, <laughs> I didn't have a bank account to mm. my name. I had a bus pass. I had like... <laughs> Back when people still had bus passes. You know what I mean? I don't, age, I don't <laughs> mean. I had a bus pass. I had, um, I wrote the vision down on a piece of paper. I remember speaking to my mom about it. Um, I wanted to gather thousands of young people. I went to a really small church that didn't really impact the amount of thousands of people that I wanted to engage with. Mm-hmm. I um, spoke to youth leaders. I knocked on pastors' doors. I wrote funding applications littered with spelling mistakes. <laughs> the first flyer we did was like using Microsoft Paint, and we <laughs> and we and we threw it on MySpace. That's how remember MySpace guys. We threw it on MySpace and Facebook, um, and invited people to like get involved. Yeah. And so we just used the little we had with what we could, and 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 we pushed for excellence the only way that we knew how. Yeah. And suddenly those. 12 friends 12 well, it was around 14 friends that say, were 12 those 14 <laughs> friends that were at my for part of my youth group or at my college that I shared it with became mm-hmm. you know within five years became 300 volunteers across the UK yeah. and we were seeing you know uh, around yeah our first event we saw around 500 people come out and then by year X we were at like 2,000 people yeah, and people were flying in from Canada and Amsterdam and Germany just mm. to be part of the conference because they saw themselves in the vision mm. and uh, and they were they left equipped to change the world well change their world and uh, um, but there were loads of roadblocks yeah. but financial roadblocks organisational roadblocks you're working with I was doing my like I was living in London doing my architecture degree going trying to plan an event that was turning into a movement in Birmingham Mm. trying to manage working with pastors and safeguarding issues and insurance and (laughs) rehearsals and sound checks and venue deposits Mm. and and schedules and all that kind of promo stuff and radio and newspapers and catering and all these little bits whilst doing my degree. But the why was the most important thing. And it was the why that anchored me in the time when I thought, what the, am I doing? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what kept us going. And Mm. that's what is keeping me going now. Yeah. So would you say, because I don't know, I, I see myself like, you know, we mentioned social media earlier. Yes. Um, I see a lot of people wanting to get, do good things. Um, even, and that's great. Like, even part of the We Are Tier Fund, you know, community, that a whole big part of that is, like, pushing people to, like, chase their purpose and to yeah, you know, do what they can do to, like, see justice in this lifetime. But with so many things happening, mm. do you think that people at times maybe sometimes lack that why as an anchor? Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes we can jump on trends. Mm. Um, and I think sometimes social media and the comparison pill that we all take every mm. morning we scroll blinds us from who we really are. Mm. And the more we get away from who we really are. Uh, I remember a great pastor once said uh, this, that 
God, re- God has anointed you, not who you pretend to be. Mm. And when we peel back who we're trying to be or who we're pretending to be mm. and look at who we really are, that's when we'll see who what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, and not jumping on everyone else's bandwagon just so that we can become what they are yeah. doing because we think that what they are doing is better than us. Sure. And it speaks to our insecurities. It speaks to how we see ourselves. Mm. Um, but we have to, again... For me, what his presence has done is allowed me to see myself the way that he sees me. Sure. Um, and that helps me anchor myself in, in the truth of my why. Warts and all. <laughs> <laughs> the good and the bad and the in-between. Yeah. And realising that that this Jesus, uh, this amazing, all-knowing Jesus knows me and yeah. has chosen me and has given breath in my lungs. There's something that I've got to do. I've got to exhale what he's inhaled mm-hmm. inside of me. Mm. And it's quite interesting. I was having a conversation recently with with a friend, um, and they were talking about almost like looking at God's creation as kind of it has these limits, like mm. there's limits to it. And I feel like even with like the vision or like the capacity that God's given each and every one of us, there's limits to it for a reason yeah, because yeah. we're supposed to work in community with other people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and. And that is where, in collaboration is where you find community. Mm. And, you know, arguably, and I do believe this, we are probably the loneliest generation. Mm. And it's because we are working in our silos or doing things by ourselves mm. and not having that authentic community. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, I still yearn for more of that in my own life because uh, community is, is important. For sure. So um, you've built up this huge community, Midnight Oil, um, the legacy of it kind of speaks for itself and like hundreds of thousands of different people doing what they're doing now. Mm. Uh, for you yourself, what the, what is that kind of, what does that legacy mean to you? Obviously, yeah, you can, like, your question. album sprouted out of that, but you know, yeah, what yeah. does that mean to you? So that's a good question, Chris. You, you, you're good at this job, mate. Thank you. <laughs> uh, um, what does that legacy mean for me? Um, for me personally, it's allowed me to embody possibility. Mm-hmm. And there was a time when I genuinely didn't think that I would make it. And for me to be on that other side of that story mm-hmm. um, is a big blessing and allows me to think, yeah, I need to live a bit more purposefully every day. Every day is another chance to get closer and closer mm-hmm. to, to to purpose. Yeah. Um, and also it's it's made me really, really wholeheartedly believe in the power of young people. Mm-hmm. So I'm 30 now. I was 17 when I started out. <clears throat> I know I don't look 30, mate. I know. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what I meant to you're say. You're supposed to say that. I, was, <laughs> I coughed for a reason. But yeah, so I started when I was 17. And I'm thinking like, wow, 17 years old. And all my friends were 17, you yeah, know, yeah. or 18 or 16. And yeah. we all galvanised our efforts um, and did stuff that the city of Birmingham didn't see before yeah especially uh with the hue that i wear you know mm. <laughs> um it wasn't it wasn't we didn't have a you know the black church didn't have soul survivor or a new yeah. wine or stuff summer events like that at the yeah. time 
And we were, we were, you know, I remember meeting Mike Pulliver actually once and he said, I heard you trying to take my job, mate. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, we were really, um, you know, putting something together that was, that was able to speak to our community yeah. and allow our community to, to respond to Christ by the lens of their culture. And that was really important and really significant. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's made me realise that young people can absolutely change the world. And yeah. I, I just, like, I, I, it's not that I believe it, I've seen it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that's that's why it's made me yeah. believe. And we're still clinging on to that, you know, that youth. Like, no, 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 I'm not clinging, <laughs> clinging on to it. I am still a young person. No, it's true, no, technically, right? Okay. What is it, like 30 years? Like, Let's just, still we can move on to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, God I mean, you talked you. a bit about the, I mean, I'm, I'm not far off you, so don't worry. But uh, you talked a bit about uh, the black church there. Yeah, but you look older than me, so. Really? I think so. I mean, You've got a beard. I don't have a beard. I mean, if I shaved, though, that's the thing. Then everyone would be like, wow, Chris, you're 16 again. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> but uh, you, you spoke about the black church. You talked about, you know, uh, helping to mobilize the black church to pursue Jesus with that cultural lens. Yes. Um, that runs through to what you're doing now. At yeah, man. As the head of the Afro-Caribbean engagement squad. That's what I'm going to call you. Squad. Squad, um, squad. <laughs> how did you end up there? Why this role? And what are you hoping to achieve for it? Uh, okay. It's a lot of questions. That's, that's, yeah, so wait, let's, let's slow down. Some time to think about let's slow down answers. and just go for like, how did you end up here? I mean, you left so, uni and yeah, assuming yeah. you had, you had a, I mean, I, will, I don't assume, I went on your LinkedIn yesterday. You had a few different jobs <laughs> and, you, and then you ended up at Tier Fund. What, yeah, what was that yeah. process like? Um, so I wasn't looking for any uh, actual job when I met some friends at Tier Fund. So I really wanted to, um, and still am, uh, you know, focus on a bit of the music stuff. And I like to spin a lot of plates. That's just my character. I mm-hmm. like to get involved in different things. Um, it's the, it's the, the curse of the extrovert. We mm-hmm. just, we just have big conversations that end up being robbed into big things. <laughs> and, um, and I was enjoying that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. being as wide as possible. And then I was invited to an event. And met a guy called Jake Clifford. Oh, yeah, shout um, out Jake. Who, yeah, shout out to Jake. Who, um, who I knew his dad because his dad was was the head of the Evangelical Alliance. Okay. And my interactions with the Evangelical Alliance were part of the Midnight Oil story. You know, mm-hmm. it makes sense to talk to them and uh, ask for their help. And we were doing that for several years, and they were really helpful. And so I met Jake, uh, Steve Clifford's uh, son. And then we sat. We we just happened to sit together yeah. um, on uh, at this event, and uh, Asha, his wife, was there as well. Mm-hmm. And we were all on the same table, and we were talking. And then uh, Jake started to talk to me a bit about Tiff and, and their ambitions and dreams to become uh, much more reflective of the UK church mm-hmm. uh, in in the UK. And um, I was talking about some of my hopes and dreams about you know unity across denominations and unity mm. across the body of Christ. And yeah, we just saw some synergy there and then invited me to come to Tellington and uh, just, you know, meet some people. And we did that. And uh, yeah, and then three, three years later, I'm still here. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> three years, here, three years later, I'm yeah. still here meeting people. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> as I completely see and understand like that need for that unity like even like being, I remember being at uni and seeing, I went to uni and it was like effectively like mm. there was a white CU and a black CU wow. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They Gospel had different names. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, why, 
Why is there this rift? And oh, bro, we are not doing that today. (laughs) (laughs) You got to bring someone else into that. We do not have the time for that. I don't want to call it a rift. Okay, let's not call it a rift. But so no, no, let's not call it a rift. But let's let's call a spade a spade and say it's not always been completely one hundred percent aligned. No, and. So Not all. And I would argue that it still isn't. But, uh-huh. uh, and, and I would say that this is, uh, this is like the product of, of the fall, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we, we as humans are tribal mm-hmm. and we gravitate to people that look and sound like us. Um, and I think that's a learnt behaviour. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it is, you know, something that is, that toddlers do. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and history and the baggage of that and the reality of that we still feel today. And the church has played a significant role in some of that history. And mm-hmm. we see its legacy mm-hmm. across the UK church and yeah. churches mainly across the Western and beyond. And and again, it's called a calling a spade a spade. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And there are numerous complexities to that. For sure. Um, uh, that can't be figured out in this podcast <laughs> but the intent for uh, calling a spade a spade is not just to name it a spade but just to work out how do we transform this spade sure. <laughs> into something sure. else and um into a bridge really yeah. and you know and that's been one of my kind of like mantras really is mm-hmm. to because there's so much more uh, about us that is alike than is different mm-hmm. and equally it's important to celebrate difference yeah yeah um because that's how god has made us yeah. um and so finding a way to have those conversations with people that are like me and people that aren't like me um has been a joy mm-hmm. and has been a pain <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but it is important yeah and it moves the needle towards unity mm-hmm. um ever closer and so yeah i just want a round of applause for how smoothly you navigated that uh, <laughs> you, you came from i've been in this game for a while fam. The PR king. i've been in this world game for a while fam. no 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 i mean you talked about, you talked about uh, building bridges and like i really liked what you said kind of you alluded to it. i don't really like specifically said it but kind of just like it's necessary to acknowledge 100%. Like what's gone wrong and also what's the same and what's different mm-hmm. in order to ever move forward. Yeah. Um, so within that, like, I guess we've talked, you know, we talked about it in the church context within like the church charity context. Yes. What, is, what does that look like? What have been some of the issues there historically? There there were all sorts of issues that, mm. um, uh, that finds its roots in the imbalance of power. It finds its roots in the effects of supremacy mm-hmm. and colonialism and uh, misogyny and all that mm. like icky stuff. And a lot of it is well intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, yeah, it's good. Now I feel I feel like it's important to like <laughs> to have that as the as like the ground floor so that yeah, we can yeah. move up. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and it's something that you you and your team have done and you do continually. Yeah. And so like 
I don't want to just skate over that and, and have people join you yeah. at, a, at an easy part. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we have these conversations with um, our uh, white and Asian church leaders and our black church leaders, and and we are finding ways for us to create spaces for people to respond to mission and to development the best way that they know how. Mm-hmm. And we're finding ways f- to create spaces for us to have dialogue and unity the best way we know how as well. Yeah. And so we want to be really intentional about pushing back on white saviour stuff and mm-hmm. pushing back on, you know, male-dominated spaces and mm. really pushing and leaning into diversity and inclusion, not because it is the cool thing to do now, but mm. because it allows us to live in a richer, deeper um more balanced world yeah and if we keep that as the goal then the politics towards it becomes a bit more smoother yeah yeah. but power doesn't give up without a fight Mm. it's interesting i mean you were talking earlier about quite quite a lot earlier in the conversation you're talking about how you know people relate to people like them yeah yeah, and like that i think that is like one of the most important aspects of diversity isn't it is that actually you know it's great having it's great having a charity or a community that are doing great things, but if you can't see yourself in it, mm. then you can't ever really get involved. Brother, brother, brother. We are limited by our exposure. Mm. And uh, if the media only shows uh, black people as footballers or drug dealers, mm. um, then uh, the young, you know, nine-year-old will only see himself as attaining to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, if we only see ourselves as the recipients of aid mm. or development and not people that are involved in the strategy and direction mm. of lifting countries that have been absolutely, you know, ha- like havoced by history, then then we won't we won't be able to do that. It's mm. important for us to see ourselves in in the story. For sure. And I remember Earlier this year, even uh, hashtag charity so white was trending. Yeah, and yeah I was yeah. like, <laughs> those stories up? were hilarious. The stories were like they range from like hilarious to like wow, awful. Like, yeah, 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 I can't even believe this is a thing happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think you know it's so important that within that process of those stories being shared, that they're heard. Mm. Uh, I saw a lot of mm-hmm, things being mm-hmm. dismissed or like. Yeah. People saying, ah, oh, this doesn't sound like it's real. Yeah. It's like, I mean, that's the but problem. it is real, though. Yeah, it is real. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So um, how do you make sure that, you know, Tier Fund is a place that breaks that trend, that starts to yeah. push away from that? Yeah. So I think, again, um, and I feel like this is a running theme of our, our podcast, is is conversations. Okay, let's be honest. Conversations with direction. Because mm. <laughs> we can talk to the cows go home. Mm-hmm. But... um having those intentional, deliberate conversations that lead to a direction in a different way than we have done before yeah. helps us become different. And so, yes, yeah, some would argue that TIFF and, um, you know, well, it, it is what it is. It's a British organisation mm-hmm. uh, that's 50 years old. And with that comes a whole lot of uh, good and a whole lot of um, not so good. Mm-hmm. And... Um, being someone of proud African and Caribbean descent, um, born in the UK, my story is different. My experience mm. is different to someone that has grown up in a different area mm. in the UK or comes from a different space or mm-hmm. a different social economic background. And so us both being at the table, having these conversations and finding ways for us to work 
in countries with people, not for people, but mm. with people uh, that are directly affected, fellow human beings that are mm. directly affected by poverty is a great privilege. Uh, when it becomes skewed is when only one person is having that conversation. For sure, for sure. And I love that actually you have brought all of your experience into this. And so I know even, I can't remember if it was this year or the year before, you took a group of like young leaders, young yeah, yeah. young. Uh, leaders from black majority churches or yeah. who just happen to be black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you took them to Brazil, right? Yeah. Uh, what Can you explain a bit about what you were doing? Yeah, there? yeah. So we've done quite a few uh, trips across 2019. Um, we took 10 national youth and young adult leaders to Brazil for 10 days to see some of the mission work that we do over there uh, with in partnership with an amazing ministry that serves street kids. And that was... Uh, that was an incredibly life-changing trip because these young people lead national movements across mm. the UK. So, you know, the, the head head of the New Testament Church of God or the head of the Redeemed Church mm. of God, the head of um, um, the Church of God of Prophecy. You know, mm. we have these long names in the Black Church. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the head of all these different networks um, who, you know, under their auspices and control is <laughs> hundreds of churches yeah. and they were direct they were able to directly talk to their national youth part their youth pastors their regional pastors mm. and talk about how we can together with tiff and uh create change and that's been a yeah. great privilege and uh, we also took um some media heads some key influencers uh some pastors even some lords across the mm. ocean to see the work that we're doing in partnership with ministries mm. and charities over there um oh, not over there over in Africa, um, which has been a great privilege. And again, um, something shifts when you see the work yourself. Mm. Um, and um, that's been a great privilege as well. And so together, we're now dreaming up a way for these churches, these units, these bodies to come together and respond uh, with Tear Fund collaboratively. And that's uh, been a journey for us. And we're, we're getting close to the finish line. Amazing, amazing. So there's a lot coming in the future 2020 bro busy i mean you're even embarking on a tour as well right a massive yeah, church right. tour yeah so we're hoping to we're releasing the first 25 dates uh in january we're going to be doing a uh worship tour i'm going to different churches across the uk doing nights of worship um so yeah follow me on social media for that kind of awesome. for updates on that where can we find you on social media? um so if you uh well just google me just <laughs> <laughs> because it's just easier just type in seth pinnock why is that funny <laughs> my instagram and google me i come up don't worry uh, <laughs> i say that earlier and then some bad stories will come no no hopefully not no. Uh, thanks for your time seth it's been great chatting. thank you So guys, listen back to Chris's conversation with Seth. What were the standout points for you? I liked where he talked about food and Jesus, because I feel like those are my top two loves as well. <laughs> <laughs> I love a bit of food, I love a bit of Jesus, you know? Hopefully not in that order. Well, no, it's Jesus and food. <laughs> <laughs> for me, I think um, I really, you know, I think the tail end of the conversation was quite interesting and he was talking about, actually, you know, there's a lot about us that is more alike than it is different. Um, but also it's still important to celebrate difference and I think that is like the only way we can move forward uh, as people united in our quest for justice and our quest 
towards you know the heart of God um, I think it's important that we're always kind of doing both those things celebrating difference but also our similarities as well I really like the bit he was uh, talking about social media blinding us from who we really are and how we can create this uh, personification of who we think we are and who we want to be that is following cultural norms um, and that becomes removed from who we really are and so the challenge for us is to see if we can merge those two back together um, and, and really make sure that we're true to ourselves rather than true to society's view of who our best selves can be. I really liked where he um, was talking about using why as your anchor for everything that you do. Um, I think a lot of young people often don't see the why or struggle to find the why. Um, so I thought it was really encouraging to hear him share about how he did all the things that he did about uh, with the youth um, conferences and the movements that he started and the groups and um, how you know he went from only having a couple of friends that come along with him to help out to like having hundreds of people there. So I thought it was really cool and I think that's really encouraging. I think that's something that we can learn as well and encourage young people to really see the why in God and that was you know see them through everything that they're doing. Right. So that's it for this episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. Uh, We're back on the 2nd of December, where we'll be chatting to Less Waste Laura. If you like what you heard today, then make sure you hit subscribe and follow us on Instagram at WeAreTearFund.